two, one, go. Hello, everyone. I'm Ryan Knight. I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Bo Knight. And we are the Knights of the Pageless Library. And today, we're here to talk about the book Airborne by Kenneth Oppel. And I'm sorry we pronounced it wrong last time, and I'm sure all three of you were yelling at us, but <laughs> we're sorry. All three of you, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure I said Opal. So uh, oh, sorry I definitely there, have been this whole time. Yeah. Uh, every time I mention your name, I say it Opal. But when I listened to the book this last time, they definitely said Opal. So I'm assuming they are correct. <laughs> and I even said, what? They're saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we get started real quick, we just want to um, throw out a couple spots. Anybody can get a hold of us if they'd like to. Uh, we're still waiting on our first email. Hate so, mail. We're we're waiting patiently for that. Um, and if you'd like to be the first one to send that in, you can send it to kotpl.pod at gmail.com. Get a hold of us on Twitter at Knights of the Pageless Library, Facebook, Knights of the Pageless Library. And should you choose to leave a like, comment, and subscribe over on YouTube, you can get a hold of us over there at Knights of the Pageless Library. And yeah, so with that, let's just uh, jump right into this one. But what do you uh, what do you think about Airborne? So Airborne, yeah, it's by Kenneth Oppel, as Ryan said, and this is kind of a dramatization, but not really. It's just each character has their their own voice actor. So yeah, we'll kind of we'll get into it a little bit more after I think the spoiler wall. But yeah, it's, I, I just this, we gotta talk about though. Yeah, th this is definitely. It is, but it is not a dramatization. So, whereas, like, um, the Treasure Island one is, like, listening to a movie, this is definitely, like, narrated, and then, like Bo said, each character has their own voice, which, in my opinion, is the perfect way to do this. Yeah, I think it's really well done. Yeah. And I th after we get past our spoiler wall, I'll talk about why I think this is a far better way to tell a story than even a dramatization is. Um, so this book, it was, let's see. Oh, I'm being very unprofessional now. It was written by Kenneth Oppel in uh, 2003, and it was published by Full Cast Audio in 2007. And uh, this is where the... Um, each character having their own voice kind of comes from. I'm assuming this full cast audio does their most of their books this way with just a large group of people reading a book. And it's uh, they do a very, very good job. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And as always, we got this on Audible. Uh, it is so you can get it right now. Actually, it's free if you have if you try Audible, you get it for free. If not. It's only seven ninety nine, and how long is it? This is seven ninety nine on what you're seeing. I'm seeing it for thirty one dollars on Audible. Oh, I'm not seeing it for that much. You could, oh. I could buy it right now. Oh, I guess it is. It, you're right. It is thirty nine, but for some reason it's giving me a discount. Oh, interesting. Um, this book is ten hours and forty five minutes long, so it's it's a pretty long book. Um. And it is book one of three in a series, actually. And the series is called Matt Cruz. So I actually didn't know that. But now I'm really looking forward to getting the rest in this series and listening to them as well. And for some reason, it's in the the category it's under is teens and ages 11 to 13. 
which is a little weird in my opinion. I mean, it is kind of a kid's... I get like kind of like Harry Potter vibes a little bit, but I I would say like if if you were going into this expecting it to be like a kid's book, it definitely takes kind of a turn at a certain point. Yeah, and and I mean, there's no like... There's no cursing or anything in it, but no. And actually, I'm, I'm I didn't even notice, but you're right. They don't curse at all. No, they don't curse at all. So I mean, I'm I'm assuming that Kenneth Oppel was trying to keep these things for like a younger group. I mean, that's kind of what it says on his Audible bio is that uh, he's known for numerous books for young readers. Now, I could see how this book would be geared towards that, you know, the kind of sense of adventure type thing. But this is. In my opinion, this is definitely a a listen for adults to really kind of wrap your head around this one. Yeah, it does have a lot of heavy subject matter too. I think. Yeah, and a lot of like the the major like themes and stuff. I think would go over small like younger like younger listeners' heads. So I sure. don't really think it's a children's book either. Right, and I mean, I could definitely see how this would be exciting for like a. A teenager, for sure, but I'm, I mean, I definitely don't think any younger than that for, at all. <laughs> no, maybe like 14. Right. I don't, or 12, I don't know, how old, what did I like when I was 12? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, Probably listen so, to worse, honestly. Um, as I said to Kenneth Oppel, his, uh, his line of books, this is kind of a theme of his, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more after we cross our spoiler wall, but he, I think he writes quite a few books of this kind of story. Um, as we said before, this dark endeavor was also by him and, uh, same kind of tone of story as this one is. In Dude, my opinion. It really is. Yeah. And I think the pacing is about the same. That. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. That reminds me, though, too, this Dark Endeavor, and especially the second book in that, is for sure not for, like, young listeners. <laughs> no, dude, it deals with, like, the afterworld and stuff. <laughs> sure. Well, pretty much from the beginning. I could kind of see how they get the um, young listener vibe out of it, because, like, in most of his books, his main characters kind of are, like, teenage years, and yeah, there's a lot somehow of, like, they're talking about... incredibly smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's a lot of like talk back and forth between them about like how they feel about each other and you know little stuff like that. So I think that you is know, kind I of think probably that is crowd. something that Kenneth Opal kind of nails though when it comes to these books is like that, well, especially like in this because like the narrator is a younger kid and he has like irrational thoughts and he's like telling you about his irrational thoughts that he's thinking and I I think that's really kind of good writing in my opinion. Sure. No, I think yeah, I the think main it character is, is like he's fallible like he has weaknesses and stuff like that right um and so on on that note um as we said the narrator of this story is a lot of people it's the whole full cast audio family to the point where pretty much every character has their own voice actor um so we can't really speak for each individual voice actor um but I will say for the main ones, the most voice we get probably is Matt Cruz's voice, whoever voices Matt Cruz. And I don't even know if I can pull that up right off the bat because it's David Kelly. Is David Kelly the one who voices? Mm-hmm. OK, that's probably it since it says narrated by him. Um, so he is also going to be <clears throat> um, 
kind of narrating the story to us as well. So that's we're going to get the most of his voice, both as the main character and as the narrator of the story in general. Yeah, and I think he does a really good job, actually. I think he, he might be the strongest job. voice of them all, but I think sure. there are no weak performances. No, and I actually really like whoever it is, that, and I'm, I really should look this up, and, and maybe we can put it in the show notes or something, because the the full cast audio crew does an amazing job, and um, I can't think of her name right now, but whoever it is who does Elizabeth's voice does a, a fantastic job as well of really selling that character. Um, and this is this is a thing too for me. This being a partial dramatization and pretty much the only thing that makes it sort of a dramatization like we're talking about is it has a little bit of music thrown in and then it also has multiple character voices. Um, But for me, these characters from full cast audio who were reading this were selling the situation so much better in this book than even in full dramatizations that I've heard. Um, Even going back to like our Alien 3 review. Um, so in Alien 3 is a full dramatization. So you have, you know, background noises and gunshot sounds and all this stuff. But for some reason, it still comes across as like layers of, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Like, okay, oh, there's a gunshot noise. And then there's the sound of glass breaking. And then there's this guy also talking. So it almost feels very disconnected. Whereas in this, even though there is no background noise, the way these characters are talking to each other, I can fully picture way where they are at, what conversation they are having in my head. It really does put me where this story is being told. Oh, yeah, it does a really good job about yeah. that, I think. And each character is... Like, their voice gives them so much personality. For sure, yeah. And And I think every voice actor does a really good job of, like, nailing the character perfectly yeah definitely I, I mean this is a little, little little spoiler but it's not that bad the cook vlad is is i think <laughs> one of my favorite yeah. characters in any book because sure. the guy that voices him is perfect yeah does a really really good job definitely and even even like the random people that they encounter <clears throat> are voiced and are voiced well yeah and they're voiced by as far as i could tell different people for every single character within the story i think there's only a couple that do more than one because i listen i tried to listen really closely to the end like credits you know then they tell you who does what yeah yeah they tell most of the characters that in the end credits although at one point they're like they say like six or seven and then they're like and the rest of the full audio cast they do do that too which is (laughs) yeah which is like what and i'm trying to look it up right now like the full list of each character and i can't find it on the internet either yeah, well, maybe we'll see if we can pull that up. We'll maybe we'll throw it in the show notes just because it is a very long list of people, too. Um, but just know that this is a – this story is good, but this story is made even better the way they did it, I think. I, will, I agree. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. Um, so before we get past our spoiler wall and we actually start talking about the story, um, this the genre of this book is – it is a fiction kind of fantasy, but so I was actually going to ask you this, Bo, because it's not—it's not really a dystopian world. 
No, what, it, what it, so I like looked up the lore of this place. Okay. And so like the only difference in this world between this world and ours is the airplanes were never invented. Oh, they were never invented. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that that was gonna be my next question. It's like an alternate reality instead. Yeah, it, it is. Okay. That makes more sense. But this is not this is not like in the future though. Like this would take place like in our past, but still yeah. airplanes had never been. Invented. Well, I don't know if it's past either. I don't The only reason I think that well, I take that back. Because when they're firing their guns at some point, I thought, oh, they're firing like a because he says like a I think he says blunderbuss at some point. So I'm picturing this old school gun. But then I'm pretty sure some guy fires like multiple shots from a pistol, which would lead me to believe it has, you know, like a clip and stuff like that. So, yeah, and he doesn't really really ever describe the weaponry either. No, no, no. I don't know. But there is like a helicopter thing. Yeah, yeah, the the ornithopter, which ornithopter, right? That's what it's called. Ornithopter, though, I've heard of in multiple storylines, and to me, it's less of a heli. Well, I guess it would be kind of a helicopter, but it almost has like flapping wings instead of a rotor. Oh, it like flies. That's kind of the way I understood it. Huh. Hmm. Well. So yeah, I don't know the time frame. <laughs> then. I don't. I don't know what it's supposed to well, be. Well, basically, that's... airships. Yeah. So when we, like I said, when we get past our spoiler wall, we'll talk about it. But yeah, just know that this is a. It's a kind of a fantasy setting. Um, um not super sci-fi, like not super unbelievable type stuff. Um, <clears throat> this, to me. So how do you feel? I think this book is actually very easy listening for the most oh, part. It's super easy listening i think yeah the story's not very complicated no it's not and we actually thought this was a good follow-up to our last week's uh treasure island because this is this is the way it's done and the way it's told is far easier to follow than the treasure island book for sure so this is this is coming from a much better place um I think this one's easy if you if you are doing something, you know, if you're busy while you're listening to this one and you miss a couple paragraphs or sentences, you you'll be able to pick up what's going on when you come back in. So uh this one I if it wasn't clear already to this point, I'm definitely gonna give this one a two thumbs up and highly recommend it from me. So Yeah, I would I would recommend it as well. I think it's definitely worth your time. I mean, $31 is a little steep for an 11-hour book, in my opinion. But if you have Audible and you have some tokens laying around, this one is worth, for sure, worth your uh, worth your credits. Because, yeah, very, very good book. Yep. Very, very good story. This one would be a good one for anyone who was going to just felt like signing up for Audible and they were going to get a free book with it. This would be a good one to start on, actually. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Although I would say you're going to get spoiled early on because don't expect all other audiobooks to be like this with a full cast of people. <laughs> yeah, and if it is a full cast of people, usually it's not done this well. Right, yeah, this one is, is the exception to being done very, very well. All right, you ready to move on to spoilers? <clears throat> yeah, let's pass that spoiler wall so we can talk about the story of this one. 
So yeah, so the the story of Airborne it's told basically from Matt Cruz's perspective, but like as we've said before, when other characters talk, they have their own voice. So and I just I want to touch on this just for a second because I think this is very important. So when we were talking about like Treasure Island, where it is a full dramatization, that would be like listening to a movie. So you're listening to two characters talk very rarely. And I know in some dramatizations, they do some tricks where they make sure each character says the other character's name so that you're getting the names. But it gets very confusing with that because you're expected to know who's talking based on their voice. With this book, with Matt Cruz as our main character, he also, as I said, is our narrator. So he might say something, but then he'll go into narration and he'll say, you know, I told, you know, I, it'll be him talking and then, you know, Vlad said this and then Vlad will talk, you know, and then we'll go back to Matt Cruz narrating. Vlad had this and this. He'll give us an overall picture of the scenario instead of just these two people are talking. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, it, this is an incredibly interesting way and a well done way for the book to be told with the narration. Um, f- even though the whole story is told from Matt's eyes. It's really nice to have that overall narration to fill in the rest of the environment around us at every single point. Right. And so Matt is he works on a the airship Aurora, right? He's the cabin boy. How yep. old he's like fifteen, right? I think that's exactly how old he is. I think he's fifteen. Nailed it. <laughs> so yeah, he's fifteen and he like loves airships and loves everything to do with it. He was actually born in the air. And so he's like, and he's really nimble, and he can like do everything that needs to be done on the airship. He's just like amazing at everything, right? And everybody loves him, of course, because he's Matt Cruz. <laughs> yeah, lighter than air. Yeah. And so like, the book starts off right when, when he's like on watch, and you know he's kind of describing the airship, and then they they run into like this this balloon, right? Or is it a, is it a blimp? Yeah, he sees it, and it's actually – so he's on watch at night, and he sees something off in the distance, and it is. It's a balloon, like basically a normal hot air-looking balloon is what it is. And uh, he you know, alerts the captain that there's a vessel off in the distance. And we should state that the Aurora is a like luxury cruise liner airship. Right. It's so it's like I imagine, but like it would be like a cruise ship if they did not allow any poor people on there. Correct. <laughs> Only rich passengers. Yeah, that's what I mean. It is like the top of the line luxury cruise liner in the air. And some of my favorite parts of the book are just like him talking about like all the stuff the crew does like behind the scenes that the passengers don't see. Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of like that too, actually. Because I always thought that was interesting when I hear people talk about going on a cruise in real life. Yeah. I'm always like, man, you don't know how hard that the actual crew of that cruise liner is working to make your trip nice. Like, 
Well, I, I mean, he even talks about a couple different times that there's like passageways through the ship, so they don't go, they can't go into the crew like where the crew is. Like they can't, the passengers can't even run into them. I yeah, like, yeah, they, I like that. yeah, the crew moves about, which I think a uh, a cruise ship is basically like that too. The crew moves about in such a way that the passengers never see them because they don't. They're supposed to be out of sight, out of mind. Okay, so we'll get back to like the the main setup, right? So they see this balloon. They they like try and hail the guy, but they can't get a hold of him. And so they decide to go like rescue him because his balloon's going down really really slowly. Yeah. And so for some reason they send freaking fifteen year old Matt Cruz over there to save this guy. Yeah, they like try to get close, and they're gonna hook this thing and bring it on board. And Matt Cruz is the only one who can jump across basically they swing him out there with their davit to grab it yeah. which is which is just crazy so and then he finds this old man and the old man like asks him if he saw them and then matt cruz is like yeah i saw him and he's like no you didn't you liar <laughs> yeah it's terrible <laughs> the old man's like passed out in the bottom of this thing and he's like delirious and so then that that old man ends up dying and then how many years is it in between? Is it just one? Three. It's three. three. Oh, so that makes him quite a bit older. I didn't realize that. I think actually... So he's he 12 skip, at this time? Maybe. I was thinking after the skip, he's 17 after the skip. That because makes I thought, more sense. I thought Baz, Baz was 18, and I think... Cruz says something about him being a year older than him. Yeah, he has to be 17. That makes more sense. Like, it makes way more sense. Especially yes. with the way his, his hormones are when he's talking. It makes Dude, way that's more sense. so... It makes way more sense. You're right. <laughs> if we're so, wrong, yeah. please email us about it. Yeah, please. Yell at us. <laughs> Come at me. Not scared. <laughs> so Matt Cruz, a cuss for, you know, and then... They're just doing like a routine, another thing, another like transport. And like when they're when they're leaving, they like get held up by another a passenger missed the the airship. So they like have to wait for them to land with the ornithopter like we talked about earlier. And this is when this is like one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about. Who do you, who is the main antagonist in this book? Uh antagonist like yeah. going against the going against the protagonist yeah <sighs> that's a good question because miss simpkins would maybe be the first one that comes to oh, mind you're pretty close i think do you think it's you think it's kate oh it totally is kate yeah right i think i called her when... i think i called her elizabeth earlier it's definitely kate yeah elizabeth degrees. is from this dark endeavor that's yep that's i got confused my bad because her holding them up in the beginning starts all of their issues i think that's very true actually and then like we'll get to it later but she is i think she's kind of like the because this is kind of a love story between them like it blossoms like right away but i feel like she's kind of a freaking b-word dude yeah there so there is several times especially listening to this again i'm like wow this girl is so stubborn that she yeah she's like costing everyone things not just herself not she's, just matt she's stubborn and she's manipulative and stuff like that like yeah it's kind of <laughs> so anyway so kate shows up and matt gets to talking to her and he finds out that 
she's actually on this trip because that was her grandfather that they found on the the balloon and she is she gives matt his his journal that he had and matt reads the journal and he finds out about these like flying mammals that never land supposedly and they're like happening happening to fly over close to the same area where they found him so they think they're going to be able to see them again yeah kate kate is hoping that she can see what her grandfather saw basically and and everybody thinks her grandpa was a crackpot and he was full of shit and oh, yeah, yeah. pretty much ridiculed him. And Kate DeVries comes from a very, very, very wealthy family. Yeah, super rich family. So the Miss Simpkins I mentioned is her chaperone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever voices her does a really good job too. Oh yeah, very, very good job. And so they get this. This is why I feel like Kate's the antagonist because so then so them going slower, they kind of get caught in a storm, right? And while they're caught in a storm, Cruz is on watch, and he notices it like an unmarked airship, like closing in on them super duper fast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they so they get boarded by pirates. They get boarded by this little group of pirates, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Spearglass, who the voice actor that does him does such a good job. Yeah, he really does sell the character. Him and Mr. Crumlin, who are both pirates, are amazing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this kind of goes back to why this is a great juxtaposition book for Treasure Island. Because these guys are not your stereotypical pirates. They no, not are at like, all. Number one, they're airship pirates, which is really cool. But yeah, number su- two, super cool. their voices are not just the, you know, stereotypical... Yeah, we're gonna make it yeah. the plank. Yeah, Spearglass doesn't freaking like come across with a parrot on his shoulder and a peg leg. Like he's he's like this suave, really smooth talking, like beautiful like man who right. like who is super confident and and it's like but he doesn't seem threatening though, like at first. But right. and one I of the guys the, yeah. I love that setup. I love that. <clears throat> you can go you can go ahead and talk about it. I just really like the way they set it up. And they describe him, the way he's talking and stuff, is like that. Like, he's getting everyone to like him, basically. Yeah. And, it, and then, like, they're talking, and they're like, we're so sorry to inconvenience you, but we need all your valuables. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but so one of the guys tries to send off a distress signal, and they catch him. And Spearglass makes a freaking example out of him and shoots him in the head in front of everyone. In front of everyone, yeah. Just he's like, well, we cannot have this happening. Yeah, I and told just you. blasts the guy. Yeah, just shoots the guy right in the head, point blank, in front of everyone. Ooh, and it's like, it, whoa. And this is why I think it's not really a kid's book, because it kind of gets way worse after this, but not right away. But yeah, it gets worse. Like, if you go into this expecting like everybody to be okay, it's not going to happen, actually. No, and granted, while there's very few, while there's very little, like, kind of violence, um, it, and I mean, I'm not saying that you should shelter kids from all violence and stories, but yeah, that's why I said, you know, teenagers for sure, but once you start getting younger than that, this is going to be, some parts are a little bit much, in my opinion. And I think it's also important to mention that Cruz was up to... He was like up to advance in the airship and become a sailmaker, yeah. so he could like continue to go up the hierarchy. But the guy that owns the company forced the captain. What's the captain's name? Watkins. Yeah, Captain Walk also amazingly voice acted. Very, very well voice acted. Like I could probably listen to 
if that particular guy narrated every book, I would listen to it. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he has a really good voice. So yeah, Captain Walken was forced to take on this other. Oh, God, what is his name? I can't even remember him. It is. Uh, oh man, why am I drawing a blank? Oh gosh, now I feel like an idiot. It'll come to me. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway, he he took Cruz's position, and so Cruz obviously hates this guy's guts because he took his position for him. He didn't work for it. Yeah, Was so that, basically the way this guy, the guy who got the position over Matt is because he went to the academy and became a sailmaker through the academy. So he's very, like, Matt is mad because he's been working for like three years for that position. And this guy just comes on and gets the, it's Lunardi. It's Bruce Lunardi. Lunardi yeah, that's, that's his right. name. Um, yeah, so Bruce just gets to come on and take the position Matt was going to was gonna get. Um, it's also very kind of important to mention that Matt is like, Matt's family's poor as shit. So yeah. It's Matt basically works so he can send money back home to his mom and his two sisters because his father, who was also on the Aurora as a sailmaker, died. And Matt is like their sole source of income, as far as I can tell. Pretty much. That's another thing to mention, too. It's not really important, but I thought that was interesting. And why this is kind of an alternate reality is because uh, while they're on clearly on earth like they're talking about australia and the united states and paris uh they also talk about places like Lionsgate city and yeah. and some other you know the west china sea just other places that are not real but very easy to kind of mesh into the world we already know i thought that was actually kind of cool yeah and this is probably I mean, the other books are probably like opening up the world more would be really interesting but so when the pirates leave, uh, since there's a storm upon them, they like run into the Aurora with their with their propel their like propellers, right? And they like chop up the the yeah, gas bags. So they shred so, the bags. Yep. Yeah, they're like gonna go down, and they just happen to stumble upon this island, and they land safely. Yeah, and they're and they have like enough stuff to survive for a little while, but they have no way to call out. So anybody can come rescue them. Yeah, because the pirates smashed up all their radio equipment. Right. All and, Kate's fault. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point, and I didn't really think about it that way. Well, that she just gets point. worse from here. So after they kind of crash land on this little island, too, we should also mention that these airships, they don't fly with, like, helium or hydrogen. Oh, that's right. They, they fly with this uh, gas called hydrium, So which is kind of a combination of the two in name but it's it's lighter than both of those things so it's it, like he describes this ship when they're bringing it out from the dock uh like two men can push it and move it along the ground like to bring it outside and the ship is huge it's like 700 feet long yeah so it's this giant ship but because it's so light with this hydrium gas, it only takes like two men to move it across the ground, which is kind of cool. But yeah. that comes up a little bit later in the story, which is kind of why it's important. I wanted to mention it. Yeah. So they, yeah, they crash land, and then Kate gets it in her head that this is the island that her grandpa had found before. Right. And Where so he she saw wants, these creatures. Yeah. So she wants to go exploring, and she basically freaking strong arms 
Cruz into doing it, even though like he's so loyal to the ship, he doesn't want to do it. But she just freaking is so persistent, and she just marches off into the woods by herself. And so he yeah. has he's such a, he's like oh I can't let her I, she'll die out here without me I have to go <laughs> help her. Yeah. Right, and so he helps her, and then that's when they find the skeleton of the of the one. Yep, Cloud Cat, right? Yep, that's what they end up calling him as Cloud Cat. So basically, it it sounds to me like it's a cross between like a a white panther and a bat. So like, yeah. It would be like a white panther that has really short back legs, but it also has wings like a bat. Those are like its arms. Yeah. And it's, I picture it as being white, but it's like cloud colored, basically. Yeah. That And that's why nobody had seen them before is because they just look like the sky. Like they don't, they blend in really well from the air. Yeah. And they also kind of, they're like migratory, but they mostly like live on this island for part of the year. And then they migrate away, and then they come back here to actually have (laughs) – we forgot to mention this – that her grandfather mentions in his diary that he witnessed their little birthing ceremony where the females fly really high, and then they birth their young, and their young fall, and they have to basically learn to fly in midair. And then they they start flying, you know, but one – one did not. Uh, fly that he witnessed it fell all the way to the island down into the forest right and so they they find a skeleton of one of these and they think maybe that's what they found is the skeleton of this one that fell yeah yeah and i i assume that is what they found it doesn't really matter right but yeah that's just kind of what they're thinking as they're Either way, Kate is like, oh, this is what these, this is the evidence I needed to prove my grandfather wasn't crazy. And you also kind of find out her alternative or her ulterior motive here is to be like the most famous female scientist. She's like, this will skyrocket my career to the top and I'll be taken seriously as a woman. Right. And that's why I think this is also not a kid's book. I mean, maybe it is, I guess, probably now, but. Because, like, it, it, does, it does deal quite a bit with, like, sexism and those kind of things. Like, sure. women not being able to do what they want. Yeah, and she says, she says as much for sure is that, you know, as a woman, it's, it's like, laughable for her to be a scientist. So right. that's why she wants to discover something great so that they'll have to listen to her and they'll have to take her seriously as a scientist. So they go back to the ship and they think nobody will notice they're gone, but obviously everybody's freaking out and... <laughs> They like come back and so then they're like, no, you guys, you guys can't leave again. And but then so Kate like freaking convinces uh, Cruz to go the next morning. But the way she convinces him, she's like, oh, I'll just take Lunardi with me instead of you, which yeah, I, that really pissed me off. I was like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? That's so manipulative. Yeah, man, that that's a good point. She blackmails him. So well, not even blackmails. That's manipulate is the right. Word dude, because dude, just to get she what she tugs, wants. Yeah, she tugs at his heartstrings so hard right there. Yeah, it's, it's fucking bullshit. It, it really <laughs> it pissed was. me off. I was like, oh my god, why do you even like this girl? I know. She was kind of a bitch to him a lot. I know, it's freaking ridiculous. It, yeah, so this is another thing, like, why she ends up getting... Like, this is another thing she does that gets them in freaking trouble. So yeah, they go out again, and they're, like, trying to... What do they go out for the next day for? I can't remember. They just to, to recover the bones. Oh, they that's right. They didn't. Back. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't have anything to take them with them. All she had was her camera the first time. That's right. 
And yeah, they go back and they, they take the bones and they label them. But while they're out there, they actually run into one of the cloud cats on the ground. Yeah, they see one. And right. they they quickly find out this is the one that fell that they see yeah. because it's like running through the trees and it'll jump and like glide to another tree, but one of its wings won't fully open. So it clearly can't like flap and fly. It can like jump and glide, but when in her grandfather's diary, that's how he described it when it fell, is one of its wings wouldn't open, and that's why it fell. Right. But so now this is a clearly fully grown three-year-old cloud cat that's now basically got the run of the mill in this jungle. And like I said, we're talking like a full-grown like panther with wings. So... <laughs> And then, is it the snake that chases them into the cave? <laughs> yeah, the little red jumping snake. <laughs> yeah, so they run away from this little snake thing, and they go it's in this cave of, to hide. And while funny. they're in the cave, they notice it smells like mangoes. Yeah. But they don't really think of anything of it. And then, so they go back to the ship. Obviously, they're in more trouble this time, because everybody noticed they were gone again. Yeah. And so they actually yeah. lock Kate in her room, right? Yeah, yep. She's forbid from leaving by Miss Simpkins. Yeah, and then so she she freaking drugs Miss Simpkins, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. breaks out on her own to get pictures of the cloud cat. Yeah, now she wants to get pictures of the cloud cat. Yeah, because obviously you know the next step from having a fully formed skeleton is pictures of the real thing alive. And I think while this is happening, this is when Cruz realizes because they were they were, were going to cut up the ship, and he like was heartbroken over that the Aurora was going to get cut up. And yeah, so he that's realizes right. that the cave that they went to had hydrium in it. That's what. It, that's why it smelled like mangoes. Right. And so they're able to refill the airship from that. Yeah, because <laughs> I thought that was so, uh, you know, ex machina. They happen to be. I know, right? It's like it's like rubber hoses ex machina because they happen uh, yeah. to be hauling a huge shipment of rubber hoses. <laughs> so they just happen to be able to route rubber hosing all the way to this cave and back to the ship to fill them again with hydrium yeah super convenient <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but. so they have to go look for kate and they 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 know that Cruz is the only one that's going to be able to find her but they send lunardi with him yeah. to go find kate <clears throat> and they find her and she's like up in this tree trying to take pictures of the cloud cat and the cloud cat does eventually show up but it's not as friendly as they thought it was going to be, and it attacks Lunardi and, like, tears up his leg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, and then they, so then, then they run they, away from it, and they split up. Yeah, yeah. They thought it was going to be kind of... Like, Kate was under the impression it was going to be nice. And I'm assuming because of, like... The reason I pictured it is because of, like, the color of it. You know, it's very light-colored, so you'd probably think, like, oh, you know, it must be friendly. But no, it's clearly a wild animal, a big cat wild animal nonetheless. Yeah, and it attacks Bruce like he's going to be its dinner. Yeah, and so they, so, so Bruce gets away, and then they're him, Kate and Matt are running away from the cloud cat. And they run into this clearing, and when they run into the clearing, they notice another airship is landing, and it's the pirates from before. Yep, it's the pirates that attack their ship from before, yeah. And, and, and they obviously can't run away because they saw them, and they don't want to lead them back to the Aurora. Yeah, so Matt comes up with something, like, on the spot, and he, like, starts flagging him down. And he's like, just go along. He's like, 
trying to come up with a story on the spot. He's like, we'll tell them that we were in a private chartered ship and we crashed. And he comes up with this whole crazy elaborate, by the way, story on the spot to tell these pirates so that they won't go looking for the Aurora. So, yeah, the pirates welcome them in and they pretend to be the Sky Guard, who, who I'm assuming are like the Coast Guard. Uh, yeah, I guarantee that's exactly what they're supposed to be like. <laughs> and so they like take them in, they bring them into their little pirate camp shanty town thing, and they and they they like are the whole night basically they're like interrogating them about their story, right, to make sure there's no inconsistencies. Yeah, and then they but split they're them up. yeah they do split them up, and they're giving them mango juice, but Cruz starts to realize the mango juice is alcoholic, and they're getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, it's like spiked. And you know they think they get away with it, and then they make a plan to escape. And but then they make Mister Cruz gets to sleep with Spearglass and Mister Crumlin, like in the yeah. same room in a hammock. Above, yeah. So <laughs> that was pretty smart on Spearglass's part. It's like bunk bed hammocks, and Cruz's hammock is above Spearglass's hammock. So yeah. clearly, there's no way he can leave the room without Spearglass knowing. Yeah, and I don't know if you ever try to get out of a hammock. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, too, how, how Matt describes it. Like, when he jumps into it, he's like, it, the wood creaks, like, yeah. you know, like nobody's business. And, yeah, it's hard to get into. And <laughs> that was pretty pretty interesting. So so Matt, like, does this amazing maneuver, and he's, like, able is able to sneak out of the room without waking anybody up. And he goes yeah, to man. and waits. In the woods, he's lighter, he's lighter than air. See, so it's already it's Kate's fault the pirates attacked them in the first place. It's Kate's fault they even run into the pirates because she wanted freaking pictures of the cloud cat. Yep, it's Kate's and, fault they get captured. Yeah, it's Kate's fault they get captured. <laughs> and, and and at dinner, Kate's like screwing up. She's like talking about how rich her father is, and so he's oh, yeah. he's worried. He's like, oh my god, they're gonna keep her and try and ransom her, and yep. she won't shut up about how rich he is. Yeah, because she's getting drunk. Because she's fucking stupid. <laughs> and she is, like, literally the biggest antagonist in this book. Like, I can see sure. why you think it was the pirates, but the pirates are just being pirates. Kate's just being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's very true, actually. Oh, so Cruz does this amazing, like, sneak maneuver. He gets out of there completely silently, and he waits for Kate, like, almost till the morning time. He notices she's not there. He does amazing more sneaking, finds where Kate's sleeping where kate is supposed to be he goes in there and she's fucking dead ass asleep oh yeah she fell asleep and he you know he wakes her up and they go to leave and they leave and spear glass is like right in his face well yeah because spear glass is like you know like i said he purposely put himself so he would know if matt escaped and then and matt would have got away if he didn't have to go back for stupid kate yes matt would have got away by himself but then, because he had to come back, Spearglass is like, oh, I thought I recognized you. Yeah. He's like, you're from the Aurora. like, Or you're from that. He doesn't know the name of the ship, but he's like, you're from the whatever cruise ship we raided. So now they're in big trouble. Because now Matt's like backpedaling and he's like, no, the Aurora sank. You guys gutted us when you took off. Like, we're the only ones here. He's like trying to <laughs> save face. Yeah, so Spearglass figures it out, figures out where the Aurora is, and they toss them in the Hydrium pit. Yeah, so, and Hydrium, while it's not, like, toxic or anything, it, obviously, it displaces the oxygen. You can't breathe it, you right. know, like oxygen. So, yeah, they fall in this Hydrium pit, and they hit the bottom, 
and Matt falls down and he realizes once he hits the once he falls to the ground, there's enough air next to the ground, enough oxygen for him to breathe without passing out. Right. And then he comes up with this crazy cool plan. Unless you want to tell it, you want to tell it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a crazy cool plan. He just captures some of the hydrium in freaking Elizabeth. Not Elizabeth. Oh my God. Kate. Jesus, you got me doing it. I know. My bad. They are like the same character to be to be fair, except for Elizabeth yeah. isn't a bitch. To be fair, yes. To yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so they catch some hydrium in her pants, and they're able to float up to the top. And there's a hatch up there, and they let themselves out. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a good idea. It's just it's, like, dude, it's because Matt's lighter than air, man. That's come on. It's the whole point of the story every time. Matt is cool, but I wish he would have just left Kate in the hole. Well, that's true. Yeah, took her pants and ran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he takes the <laughs> pants off her and just goes by himself. <laughs> Just some like Mary Poppins scene. He's yeah. like flying off. He's flipping her off as he yeah, goes. Yeah, he's giving her the bird as he should because she's the worst. <laughs> Dude, seriously, I feel like everything that went wrong in this book is because of her. It really is, and I didn't really think about that until you're actually saying it now. And you're absolutely right. It Dude, really, like, a lot of it is Especially because it's like the third time I listened to it, and I was like, all of this is Kate's fault. <laughs> Literally all of it. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> and Matt's just thinking with his dick, and he's freaking helping her out. 100% by the way because this exactly like you said like she is manipulating him by being like if you won't do it I'll just ask some other guy to do it yeah. so Matt's like no I want it to be me I want to be that guy so yeah, that's she's the like tugging at his heartstrings oh, she's yeah. such a bitch dude <laughs> so yeah they go back to the Aurora and they they find that the pirates are already on it and there's they like pulled up all the gangways and stuff right? there's no way to get on it because yeah. the Aurora is pretty much full. Yeah, the of Aurora hydrium. was it was full, fully repaired and full of hydrium. They were actually planning on like taking back off that afternoon or something like that. Right, and so, but and there's like only six pirates on the ship, and they happen to run into Lunardi too. He's like on the outskirts, and he like gives them the lowdown about what happened. Yeah, and he's all jacked up now. Oh he's yeah, freaking... his leg is super bad. Yeah, it's like super infected. Where this cloud cat raked him up. So, yeah, Lunardi's pretty much worthless. So, Matt Cruz, he th- does he sneak on the ship? Yeah, he sneaks on the ship by himself first to get some medical supplies for Bruce. Yeah. They yeah, fix gets, him up. Yeah, they fix him up, and then they all go back on the ship, and they, like, kind of concoct this plan to, uh, to like, try and sabotage the pirates before the rest of them show up so that they can overpower them and get, and get, and get out of there before the rest of the pirates end up yeah. coming taking it's like a they when when matt and uh kate were coming down to the to the aurora they saw one pirate go running away and matt was like oh he's a scout he's the only one who's seen it so he's like we'll get on the ship and we'll take off no big deal but really in reality like nine pirates showed up to begin with and they sent one pirate back to go get the rest the other like 20 of them or whatever it is so there's eight pirates on board when Matt and Kate and Bruce get back on board. And so they, they concoct this plan to, they're going to poison the pirates because they're, they're making the chef make them food while they wait for the other guys. So they, they put a bunch of sleeping potion or whatever in the, in the soup that Vlad's making. Yeah. And they, and they eat it. And then they, they plan like, while all the pirates are sleepy, they're going to, they're going to like, they, they, they're like, they go to like an auxiliary system of the ship, right. To pilot it. Well, yeah. So they, they they're gonna cut the ship loose so that way the pirates the 
the rest of the pirates can't get on board and the pirates that are already on board they're like they'll be tired we'll be able to beat their ass basically is what they're thinking even though the pirates all have guns so yeah and <laughs> that's when like kate's like we'll just kill them you're like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> like do you, we're gonna kill the trained killers yeah that who all have guns and we have we, I like how he's like, we'll use the ship's gun, which reminds me of like from Hot Fuzz when they use the one gun above the bar. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, <laughs> it's like the only gun that they can come across. That's when he's like, we'll use the ship's gun. And the other guy's like, uh, no, they already took that. The pirates stole that too. One thing that kind of bothered me about like the whole book is like, okay, if pirates are a no- – like because people know about Spearglass. So if they're if he's notorious enough that people know about him, why wouldn't they have any measures to defend themselves? Yeah, they would because like even when I was in the Coast Guard, like any, I, I mean, and obviously the the vessels I was on were military, but even they weren't designed to like fight. But you still had weapons on board, all of them. So yeah. for sure, a cruise ship is going to at least have all of the crew is most likely going to have access to weapons. Well, especially like if pirates are a real thing that you run into enough that people know this guy's name. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say especially like probably not cruise ships, you know, like like an American cruise ship that's just going to be going up and down like rivers or like close to the coastline. Probably not. But definitely if you're going in international waters, yeah, right. they'll probably have armed guards at the very least. Yeah, you yeah, you would think. Like I, I thought that was weird. They have one gun, are you kidding me? That is yeah, that is a good point. So they, they sneak on the ship and they, they poison the guys and then they're like trying to control they like get control of the ship and start flying it away and then they then they realize Speargrass took control of the ship from the main from the oh my god, freaking cockpit. Is that what it's called? Uh it was called like the control car in this. Because <laughs> it's it like hangs underneath the ship. Right. It's like like you'd see in like a Zeppelin, so it's the control car. Right, so he takes control from there and is flying it. And that's when Cruz remembers that, oh yeah, uh, Spearglass, he doesn't like fish, and Vlad was making fish soup. So, right. yeah, so, he's, so he obviously didn't eat it. So he's very awake. Yeah, and now, now Cruz is like, oh man, my plan sucks. He's like really doubting himself. He's like... I like that one part where he has some like inner monologue. He's like running, but he's like, "God damn it! You're such an idiot. Yeah. This is not gonna work. You're so stupid. Why are you doing this?" Like, <laughs> and then they run into the pirates, and the pirates like start to overpower them. But then they start to notice they're getting like sleepy and really lethargic. And while they're fighting them, the freaking cloud cat just shows up. Yeah, I didn't really fully. Oh, I, uh, I didn't fully understand it, other than. Uh... No, I didn't really understand why the cloud cat came on the ship. Did it, you? It, I they because it the because it smelled like fish. That's the only so thing the, I got. Well, yeah, I mean that's why Kate says. Shut so up, they Kate. Drop, Nobody cares. They, they drop two of the pirates out of the cargo bay. Oh yeah, that's and right. they freaking just open the bay doors on them. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And Bruce was like, they didn't seem very tired, and Kate was like, well, no, they took the stuff. And they're like, how do you know? And she's like, it smells really fishy. Yeah. But then again, it was in fish soup, so... But I, I took know. that to mean, though, that, like, they had a bunch of fish on the ship from the island. Because, you know, like, they were leaving and they had didn't really have real supplies because the pirates raided them. That's how yeah, I understood they, it. 
Well, and you're probably right because they had been fishing to get yeah. fish for Vlad to cook. Yeah, so that's probably why the cloud cat oh, was drawn can, to. The can ship. we talk about? I know we're talking about like some climax of the book. Can we talk about Vlad for a second? I love the part in the beginning when he's arguing with the, the other guy and he's like, "Duck, there's no duck on menu. <laughs> you want me to make duck, even though it's not on menu?" And then he just lays out his sharp knives. Starts I love getting that. out his knives. Yeah, <laughs> I love then, that so much. They're like, you don't mess with Vlad when he starts getting out of his sharp yeah. knives. Well, and even when they go to him, like when he's cooking for the pirates, he's like jovial and like cooking with all the passion he has, even for these pirates. Like that's just how much he loves to cook. That pirate walks in and he's like drinking booze and, yeah. and Vlad's like, no, this does yeah. not go good with the soup. He's like, yeah. you he opens another bottle of wine for the guy. Yeah. He's like, you <laughs> must have this with the soup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is a very good character. Funny. Yeah, I did like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so the Cloudcat shows up, and Mr. Crumlin is actually fighting with uh, Cruz, and he's obviously Cruz is getting his ass kicked because Crumlin is he's a, he's a beast. He's like the second in command of the pirate guys, so he's awesome. Yeah, and even though he's like tired and drunk, he is just a huge dude compared to Matt, who basically is like literally a bird. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this, so the Cloudcat shows up, and Crumlin's just like fuck you and starts shooting at it and he ends up shooting the other pirates because he's like all fucked up obviously. oh yeah man he shoot <laughs> yeah the cloud cat lands between him and another pirate and, and crumlin turns around and shoots the other pirate i thought yeah. that was awesome <laughs> and, and then the cloud cat just tears him apart in kind of a graphic way yeah that's kind of where this and i mean obviously a teenager sure but yeah, you start getting younger than that, and you're like, "Whoa, man, this is pretty violent." <laughs> like, yeah, it it kind of gets bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like Game of Thrones bad, but yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Nobody's <laughs> fucking their sister, but <laughs> I wasn't gonna take it that far, but yeah, exactly. Spoilers for Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> Just in case no one has seen it or anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So Anyways, yeah, then, yeah. Then, then they go like they go because they're, they're trying to cut the engines off so that Spearglass can't control the ship anymore. No, no, and no, no. The 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 f they're trying to turn the fuel. Oh, lines. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, I yeah, I was about to say it backwards. Yeah, Matt and uh, because after they cut they they cut the ship loose so it starts to fly and then they start the engines because they were going to control it from the rear control car right right yeah and but though they already did that and then he took control over and they're like fine we'll just cut the engines yeah the so wind is say, blowing them away from the island right yeah so uh matt and kate kate only at this point now because well no that's no, not, true, not yet bruce yeah bruce was trying to help he went to one of the engine cars to cut it off and yeah, so this right now would be when they're coming up on him, and then freaking Bruce is just dead. Yeah, the pirates. Yeah, they him. go to go to the last. They go to go to the last uh, engine car, and yeah, Bruce is just there, dead with a bullet hole in the side of his head. And I've and even I, listened to this before, and I was like, oh, he's coming up on him. He's fine. Like, oh, he's just passed out. I bet from all the blood loss from his leg. Oh no, he's dead. Yeah. Oh no, he's dead. Yeah, he's bullet hole in the side of his head. And guess who it was who killed him? It was freaking spear glass. Who is cool anyway, by the way? He's a pretty so, good villain. He's a super good villain. I don't even really feel like he's that evil. He's just a pirate. Yeah, he's just doing pirate things. Yeah, he's just doing pirate <laughs> things. He's just he's not basically he's not doing anything you wouldn't expect him to do when you say he's a pirate. So well, 
and when when they when they see they show his village and they show how happy all the people are and then he has a son who's like so happy to see him and yeah. all this stuff and it really humanizes him and you're like oh shit yeah he's taking care of his people yeah and so then i don't really remember like does spearglass find them or do they go find spearglass they they like run into spearglass right yeah, and Spearguys um, freaking kicks the shit out of Matt Cruz and like throws him over the side of the ship, right? Well, Which he has Matt, a... Matt yeah, runs from him. Matt runs all the way up and out the top of the ship because Matt knows the ship really well. So Matt runs out the top of the crow's nest and he gets out on the skin of the ship on the outside because he thinks – at least if he can keep um, keep Spearglass distracted, you know, then the others could maybe be take control of the ship again and whatever, so – yeah, and so Spearglass like gets close to him, and he's like, he asks him, he's like, "How did you get out of the hydrogen pit?" And he's like, "I flew." Then he's like, "Fly again," and just pushes him off the top. Yeah, basically, I picture him almost like uh, this is Sparta kicking yeah. him, kicking him in the chest, and then <laughs> Matt is falling, and he's like, oh, "This is how my father fell," and he's like having yeah, this dude, vision that part as is he's super falling. dark. If you ask me, I know. I like, kind of oh my god, too. this is so sad. And it even says, it's like in slow-mo, he's like falling backwards, yeah. and he's like, this is exactly how my father fell, and he and then, couldn't the, catch then anything. He, then he's like, I, I can't wait to talk to my dad about how I how flying felt. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is so dark. Except then Matt hits like the end of the ship, and it, he literally like puts his hands down to catch yeah. the ship, and it like... I can't remember how they say it, but it basically evaporates the palms of his hands yeah. as he's trying to trying to grab something on the skin of the ship it just like rug burns his hands his palms off <laughs> so bad and he's like trying to climb up and then spearglass fucking puts a harness on and repels down after him i love oh, yeah. that that he like he like puts the harness on he like goes through all the steps that he's supposed to do just to go down and kill him yeah, just to i think that's so cool get, make sure matt gets off the ship because matt grabs a hold of something Thing, like on the rudder and he's hanging on <clears throat> but yeah, then a friend the cloud cash goes back up yeah pretty much yeah and like knocks spear glass off balance it freaking ex machinas yeah it does it saves <laughs> fucking cruises life yeah because then the cloud cat like attacks and falls off the ship with spear glass and then the cloud cat opens its freaking Opens its wings and it flies. Well, all the other cloud cats show up and they all ravage the shit out of Spearglass. Yeah, they they literally, as he's falling, they like dive in, take bites out of him. Some might grab him and carry him up a little bit higher and then drop him again so others can come. Yeah, they just basically pick him apart in the air. And then Cruz has to, but that one, they, Cruz does think he's like, oh my god, what about Spearglass's son? Yeah, it was kind of a weak little thought right at the end. Just it is to super weak us. thought. It, it, I think it's it's if you like to the the people reading, it's like, hey, that guy was a person. Yeah, don't forget he was a person too, and he had a son. Don't yeah. don't worry about don't worry about <laughs> table the kid pound. Mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so so it's just kind of. <laughs> I could see Kenneth Oppel sitting there at his writing desk, and he's like thinking, he's like. Oh shit, that's right. That guy had a kid. Let me yeah. remind everybody. <laughs> oh shit. I just remember too. <laughs> yeah. And so Cruz has to like take control of the airship because they're going to crash. 
And he's like, you know, he's doing it like the captain showed him. And he thinks he's hearing the captain in his head, but the captain's actually behind him talking to him. Yeah, because Cruz is like steering the ship. Because Cruz is basically Cruz's whole, that's like all he wants to do in life is fly his own airship. And now he's doing it. See? Right. He's lighter than air, and now he's flying his own airship. And everything worked out perfectly in the end. <laughs> no thanks to Kate. No thanks to Kate, which then we get this little uh like six months later type thing and uh, uh basically matt ends up getting accepted to the academy for the things that he did on the ship like the captain basically well, because they says, they caught the rest of the pirates well that yeah so he's basically getting recognition for what they achieved and so matt gets basically a free pass he gets like a scholarship to go to this academy whatever and then he's talking to kate because they're in Paris, right? She's there because she talked to like the Zoological Society about the cloud cats, and now she's like famous because she discovered these cloud cats, and they're gonna set another voyage to go there. Well, maybe that's what the other books are about. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to definitely listen and find out though, because I am kind of curious. Because like I'm... you said, it kind of closes it off at the yeah, end. Yeah, like it's it, it it's not an unsatisfying ending. Oh no, it's this by itself is a very satisfying book. Um, the very end too, is basically just Matt and Kate, like, you know, being teenagers and like flirting and then it's over. Like, I don't it. understand. Like, I feel like Kate has no redeeming qualities <laughs> like to Matt, like looking from his perspective, she was so like a, a freaking burden this whole time. Yeah, just causing even, like freaking strife for him. He and, kind of even says as much too i know like, he does constantly he's like he's so like, annoyed with her yeah constantly but for some reason they love each other yeah and then that's that's the end of this one that's that wraps yeah. up this first book in this three-part series which like i said i didn't even know there was three books and yeah, I, definitely I had no to idea listen to them yeah um i do want to go back to something real quick this is i wanted to bring this up so okay. Matt Matt was going to get promoted from cabin boy to junior sailmaker, right? Correct. After three years of working on board the Aurora. Um, why was his dad only a junior sailmaker after years and years and years of working on airships? I thought he was a sailmaker. No, no, no. Only a junior sailmaker. And I only know that because Matt specifically mentions that. I don't know. Maybe his dad sucked. I... I mean, it confused me because I was like, wait a minute, Matt's going from cabin boy, which is literally like the lowest rank I'm assuming you could have, to junior sailmaker, which is the second lowest rank you could have. And he's I don't only know been doing if this it's the second years. lowest rank you can have or if it's like you go you go like cabin – like if you wanted to go the route he's going to try and be try and fly the ship, you have to go sailmaker and then something else. You know, like you have to go that route It's basically his, something else. Right. So by lowest rank, I basically just mean like because that's the route he's taking, right? It is. So that's like that would become basically his specialty. So now he's a sailmaker as his specialty. He could have probably became like a third class cook or or whatever. Yeah. There, I don't know how their structure works, but I just thought that was a weird little point that his father was only a junior sailmaker, but it made it sound like he had been doing that his whole life. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You don't really we don't really get to know much about his dad. 
I mean, he like no. talks about him, but which I'm not, but not like his personality. I was gonna say which I'm kind of okay with that though. Like they, uh, he did a good job of kind of leaving that up to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wasn't like, oh my god, what was your dad like? I didn't really care, but yeah, we didn't really get a lot of Matt like. Matt said his father told a lot of stories, but then he wasn't like, and then he gave me a nice whiskey kiss goodnight. Yeah. Like, n- none of that kind of weird stuff. Like, we didn't get too deep into, we didn't have any, like, flashbacks of Matt's dad or, like, side stories of Matt's dad. So, which was okay, because the story didn't really need it. No, it didn't. I think it's, it's good. It's paced well. It's an interesting story. I mean, it's, I don't feel it. It might surprise you a little bit, like, actually. But uh, for a first time, <laughs> definitely for a first time listen, this one will definitely um, it'll get you to like, oh, what? And then what? Like, this is yeah. a good book. Uh, and I, I haven't have to listened make... to this in so long. It was it was that way again for me, which was oh, really yeah. cool. Me too. I forgot a lot of the things I do have to complain about, like the little music in between the chapters is annoying. Very unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's super dumb. Like, why yeah. is this even here? Yeah, it is pretty unnecessary. Okay, I'm done complaining though. Yeah, I think uh, I think we said all we needed to about Airborne. Definitely highly recommended by both of us. Um, I see this one only has like 436 reviews on Audible, which is very low. Um, it's four and a half stars, but this is this is maybe even like a hidden gem almost. Maybe. I mean, just judging by the low amount of reviews, for sure, pick this one up. I mean, this yeah. is worth a listen, for sure. I agree. Maybe the whole series is worth it, but we're not sure yet. Like we've said, too, um, it, this is a great juxtaposition and kind of black and white uh, story to the Treasure Island thing, because... This is kind of what you get when you take that Treasure Island kind of story and you put a good twist on it. Yeah. This is to be fair. Like this what is, is. What, this was written like what, like fifty years later, more than that, like almost more 100. than that. Because yeah, two hundred one was written in like the eight, yeah, like the eighteen hundreds. So, but that's kind of what I'm saying though. Is there's a lot of stories nowadays that follow the same formula that Treasure Island followed, whereas this is like a very, very good take on a similar storyline. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I agree with you. And this is also, I think, I I like this a lot better than freaking dramatizations, but that's just me. I like this a lot, and I actually wish that there were more books that I could think of off the top of my head that were done this way. Because there's really yeah, I really not can't. That many. The only other one I can think of is like the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe that we had. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had that a long time ago on like yeah. a huge library of CDs. But same yeah. thing. But it was also a full dramatization. Hey, there yeah, was sound effects was. and everything. Yeah. So it was a full dramatization, whereas this is not not really a dramatization. It's just voiced by more than one person. Yep. Alright. I feel like we've probably said that enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think everybody understands that we fully recommend this one. So, 
Yeah, we will. Well, so what are we doing next time? Uh, that's a good question. I was actually going to ask you, and we. Oh need yeah, because to... we got to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, because... So we we're going to put this to a vote for everybody to pick our two books for the month, our two Audible originals for the month. Um, but if anybody knows a better way to come up with a voting system, um, let us know because as of right now, the couple of ways that we ha are capable of doing like Facebook and Twitter only let us have a maximum of four options. So, but there's six books available. So we need to be able to have all six able to vote for. And, I mean, and, there are other things we could do, but I just don't really want to like take you guys to a different website. Well, and that's just it. I don't like when something's like, yeah, to vote, you got to go over here yeah. to clickspace.wiki, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, we don't really want to do that. Um, as of right now, the best way for everybody would probably be to just shoot us an email. Let us <laughs> be know. the first one. And, um, so what ended up happening, though, is just for, for September, we just went ahead and picked two. Um, so which one do you want to do next out of those two? Let's do... But first of all, what are the two we picked? We picked uh, Body of Proof and... And the Mistwick School of Musicraft. Yes. Okay. So which one Let's do you want to do Let's do Body of next? Proof first. Okay. That's good. Cause I, and I actually, the, the Mistwick one will have to go into October. Into October. Because the 26th is the last Thursday of September. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we did kind of... That's right. But that's fine, because that'll be a Thursday, the Thursday the 3rd in October, and then Friday, the October Audible Originals will come out. Yeah, and if we can't get a voting system down, I don't know what we're going to do. Just we'll figure something out. Picking up, yeah, guess. and maybe, maybe if this gets big enough, you know, eventually we'll be able to say, hey, head on over to our website, Knights of the Pageless Library, and vote. Maybe. We need, I think we need at least six more listeners a week. Oh, at least. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's it, it could be in the cards in the future. It could be. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just making a joke. We also did come up with a list, hopefully for about a year out, for books that we're going to plan on doing. What so do you mean, we'll also... it, it is for a year out. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, the, that's... It's a very – that's the schedule we're going to go with right now. So we have a list of the books we're going to go with for about a year from now. So we'll try to find a way to to post that so everybody can take a look at that. You'll know kind of what's coming up other than the Audible Originals, obviously, because they are released on the first Friday of every month. So we won't even know until that month which books we're going to be able to do. Right, and I, I, we kind of have gotten rid of the, the turbo structure already because we have a hard time. Fifteen minutes is too short for us. It seems like, doesn't matter what it is. We yeah, could be talking about very... a coloring book and it would be it would be thirty minutes long. <laughs> yeah, very few of these will be able to kind of uh, slam into like fifteen minutes. So they're probably going to be a little bit longer winded. Uh, uh, sorry if people don't like it. Uh, if you want, <laughs> you don't to like it, faster, you can just, just get out. <laughs> you can just get out. To took our jabs. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not gonna apologize for that. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, this. 
in a way, this is just kind of us getting our, you know, we, we, we're going to talk about it anyways. So we're just kind of recording our conversation about the book for anybody's entertainment value. So at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. That's also why we don't really want to edit it. We don't have necessarily a set structure we follow. Um, I know several podcasts I've listened to where it's two hosts and it's very obvious when one of them is reading lines. Oh, so yeah. we definitely don't want this to, to turn into that. No. Mostly what we want this to turn into is a fun conversation. So like we've said many, many times, uh, start yeah. sending us some emails. We'd yeah. love to hear from people. Send us some emails, some Twitter, tweet us, whatever that, you know, whatever you do. Twat at us. Facebook at us, YouTube at us. <laughs> Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe over there and notification bell and whatever else the kids are doing these days. <laughs> Soon we'll have a VR game that you can play. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll wrap this episode up there. Anything else? It's like housekeeping stuff we need to talk about. Uh, I don't think so. If we come up with something, we'll try to put it at the beginning of next episode just so that it's out there. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, hope to catch you guys in the next one.